Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. I know we are word people, so I'm just going to try to help for us to think strategically. Let's open to Genesis chapter number 12. Now the Lord has said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to a land I'll show you. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and I'll cause him who causes you. And in your, and in your families of the earth will be blessed. Did you, did you see that there? I will bless those who bless you. And it is here I will curse those who curse you. Tell him. That means there are more people that bless you than those who are tempted to curse you. But unfortunately in the Nigerian church we've been trained to see only those who try to curse us. He said when it comes to blessing he used those. When it comes to causes, he use him. That means anyone that is trying to cause you, no matter the number, is a him. And, and, and on the side of the blessing, you have a lot of marginal opportunities in the scheme of things because there are those who bless you. In just that portion that we've read now, okay, let's add Isaiah 51 to it and give us that on the screen, Isaiah 51. Who is praying for us? Victor. Alright. Listen to me, you will follow after righteousness. Is that you? Is that you? So what is the Lord saying? He said, listen. You who seek the Lord. You from, to the rock from which you are in and to the of the people from which you are dog. Verse 2. Look at Abraham, your father. Just like Pastor Mike, huh? by the way, that was a very wonderful delivery this morning. In this portion that I just read to us now, see three significant and very critical factors there. Number one, country. In Genesis 12. Can you give us Genesis 12 again? From the beginning. Get out of your country. In the same instruction, you see land. And in the same instruction, you see great nation. So the movement from country to great nation is on the faith lane. So you can call or designate the call of God upon Abraham as the movement from your country to a great nation. Did you, did you see that transition? Because when God started, God said, what you guys have here is a country. And on the faith lane, the first thing you do is to get out of it. That means if you are going to have a great nation, stop thinking like a Nigerian. Get out of your country. There's a way the country mindset. As a matter of fact, in the local parlance, you know what they say? They said country people. 
That means God doesn't want us to have a country. God wants us to have a nation. Country is just a group of people who just find themselves in a particular geography but there is no vision. That's why China Achebe was a prophet actually. When he wrote that book, there was a country. So that means just like Mike said, and you see where we are taking this, the responsibility of the greatness of every nation is in the spirit of the people and the faith lane. When God was talking to Abraham here about making him a great nation, Abraham was not a politician. That means God is saying, once you get on the faith lane, are you on, on what we call the faith, grace, Holy Spirit pathway, by default, you're already a nation builder. Politics is just one very little aspect of nation building. Nation building is all encompassing. And we're going to see, because you, you will think, just like Mike said, the next thing God was going to tell Abraham was to become a king or seek some kind of political affiliation or get into political office. But God was beginning to communicate the underbelly, the conception underpinning of the faith flow. And God said, within this faith flow are possibilities and dimensions that people can embrace will lead to the greatness of their nation. Because ultimately, this was God communicating faith paradigm to Abraham. And God was beginning to tell Abraham that in the final analysis, what is going to come out of this is not that you can pray in tongues anymore, or, or you can uh, read and quote scripture anymore. What is going to come out of this, that is the finest expression of this, your faith work will be a great nation. So therefore, if we claim to be on the faith lane and our nation is not great, there's a disconnect somewhere. look at it again. What is the outcome God was looking at when a man gets on the faith lane? Look at verse number 2. I will make you what? A great nation. Victoria, the, the beautiful thing about this is that he didn't say when all of you come together and you are like a hundred million, you'll be a great nation. He said that greatness of your nation begins with you. I will make you. That means how Nigeria is going to be great is now to have a critical mass of many great nations within the nation. But God did not say I will make your nation great. He said I will make you a great nation. That means the greatness of Nigeria begins with me. It doesn't, it doesn't start from Asorok. It doesn't start from Abuja. It begins with me. So I am the great nation God is looking for. The great nation God is looking for, no politician can give us. Because it begins with me. It's in me. I carry the seed. Which is why God is inviting me to come on the faith lane. Because if I don't come on the faith lane, that which I carry with respect to the greatness of my nation can never be activated. So die with me. Are you, are, are you following me now? So God made it clear that Abraham 
this journey of faith that I'm beginning with you, the, in the final analysis, what this is going to lead to is a great nation. And literally that happened. That was how the land of Israel was battered. So God was not just telling Abraham something hypothetical, something eventually 42 generations down the line, Christ came. Before that time, by the fifth generation, Abraham had become a great nation. And guess what? That nation is still existing till date. Or the nation of Israel. That means God began to tell Abraham, the reason why I'm bringing you guys so close to me, the reason why I'm doing all this, the reason why you can't walk like other people, the reason why all the sisters here are not committing fornication, the reason why you are not lying, the reason why you are not smoking as a guy, is because this faith lane, of course, will first of all purify you, make you to have what is called the righteousness of faith, but that is not the end in itself. It's just a means to an end. The end in itself is to bat a nation. Are you there? Am I making it very simple? Because that's how I teach you. You can, you can capture the essence of what God is trying to tell Abraham. And it's within that context, God now says, I'll bless you and make your name great. Victoria, if you look at that nation, are you happy? How can we have this many churches and this many Christians and our nation is like this? There's a disconnect somewhere. If it is praying, give it to us. We're praying people. But how come? Because this ends thing that just ended. And of course, the violence uh, turnout or outlook of things ended to make everybody to think. How many of us drive a car here? Came to church this morning in a car. Okay. Guess what? If in the mercy of God that thing did not stop, you are the next person they are coming for. Because after they loot all the shops, loot all the malls, where do you think they are coming as? Anyone that has a semblance of middle class realities around you, you drive a car, you live in a house, you are the next set of people they will have come for, if not for the so that shows that it's not well with society. Because what we have done over the years is to preach the gospel that saves souls. But we have never, or we've not been preaching the gospel that saves society. So that means God is saying, on the faith lane, there are two assignments. Saving of souls and the saving of society. That once your soul is saved, your next primary assignment is society. It's not even church. Which was why I started saying now before I begin to settle in here that this facility that God has given to us is a tool for this society, for this locality. We must influence the culture here somewhat. And we can't do that on, on, on a Sunday morning. Praise God. Are you getting something? You know the problem about Sudami and is everybody. The faith teaching that came to us from America 
not taken to the, into consideration in the Nigerian context. So we just imported a lot of teachings, hook, line, and sinker, without contextually looking at the aspect of those teachings. That because by the time American preachers started teaching us faith, we already had a great country. So therefore, some there, there, there are gaps in the literature. Of you who are, who are doing PhD, we understand what I'm trying to There's a gap. So what they gave to us is some kind of contextual underpinning without a significant African theory or a Nigerian theory. So theoretically, some of those teachings are impossible. Conceptually, they look fantastic. And if you look at your life, for the most part, most young people have embraced the concept of faith, but not the empirical study of faith that is based on the word. So in, in, in research, we say you can't just have a loose theory. Every theory must be grounded in empirical studies. What's the meaning of that? Uh, that's academic vocabulary, right? Is she a boy or a girl? A girl. If, if you say she's a girl in the academic world, you can't just say she's a girl. You say she's a girl because Reverend Audrey just said she's a girl. That's her father. So that means you can't just. Why, why I'm using that example is that, see, what many of us understand about faith is it's not contextual. It, 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 it's not how do I put it now? Because I don't want to offend anybody. It doesn't really capture the essence of the message within the Nigerian context. Because you see the adjustment Abraham had to make now in, in a moment. Because Abraham also started like every one of us. So we need to see the whole essence of coming out of your country. Coming out of your family, out of your kindred to a land. Is that the Lord is beginning to say for you to understand this message? The first imperative is that first of all, land it. Where does it land? Come to a land that I'll show you. Then I'm going to make of you a great nation. Look at your neighbor again this morning as we start out. Because I'm about to get into the message now. Say so the greatness of this nation is non negotiable. Okay. Oh, thank you. The greatness of this nation, come on, is in you. As a matter of fact, according to Genesis 12 2, you are the great nation that we have been waiting for. Please don't keep us waiting for too long. 
Aji Abraham alone. Great nation. So, in your dealings, do you think of yourself as a nation or you see yourself as an individual? You know, on the faith lane, God begin to show you your mega status. So, Toro, what is the problem? The moment this pathway opened up for Abraham, opened up to Abraham, as the case may be, the first thing Abraham started thinking of was his own personal need, which was to have Isaac. So the kind of contextual teaching of faith message that came from America that most of us embraced over time only touched the aspect of your private needs. But it doesn't really teach you your responsibility on the faith lane as a nation builder. And like I said, you could see that Abraham was coming from that space too. At the moment, he got to understand that this faith, grace, Holy Spirit pathway is filled with all kinds of precious promises that a believer can name those promises and confess them, wake up in the morning and say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, all my needs are met. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just like you are holding the shorter end of the stick. So the moment Abraham started, guess what Abraham did? Just made it about Isaac. Isaac is that project that is making you to cry to God day and night. Look at your neighbor. Say, what is your Isaac? For some people, Isaac is that they want to go to Canada. For some people, Isaac is marriage. No guy is asking me out. Every time they get an opportunity to get on the faith lane, the first thing that comes is, oh God, Isaac, 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 Isaac. No guy is asking me out. Isaac. Isaac love, Isaac marriage, Isaac money, Isaac rent, Isaac sister, Isaac brother. What is your own Isaac? What's your Isaac? Be honest. I am here. What's your Isaac? Isaac what? Isaac Newton. <laughs> Just put something in front of your own Isaac. Like, can we be real this morning? Tell your neighbor, say, what, my Isaac is Isaac breakthrough. Or Isaac, Isaac money, Isaac marriage, Isaac next level. <laughs> Isaac rent. Come on, who we, we, we want to share the Isaac with us this month? Isaac PhD. Victoria, what's your Isaac? Isaac what? Huh? Huh? Isaac Masters. Okay. And, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not that it's wrong. We like the way we are making it very simple this morning. Abraham made it about Isaac. Now, this is not a problem. When you make it about Isaac, you won't see the bigger purpose of God on the faith lane. The, people, the bigger purpose of God on the faith lane is the genealogy of Christ, not Isaac. And somewhat, Isaac is the beginning of that genealogy. 
So until you understand the context, in the real sense of the word, that your Isaac is not an end in itself. And the reason why God has not given you that Isaac in 24 years, Abraham, is because you don't still understand the purpose of Isaac. You are looking for Isaac as an end in itself, but God is looking for an Isaac that is plugged into the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So your Isaac and God's Isaac, they are in two different worlds. And until there is an alignment, it took Abraham 24 years to come into that alignment. You think, he, he, I mean, if God wanted to give Abraham Isaac one year after this promise, what will it take God? Why did Abraham have to wait for 25 years? Adjustment. And the reason why we are teaching this morning is so that you will not need to wait for 25 years. At least it's been cited and referenced in our faith literature that 25 years is not a big deal for God. And you are 25 years to your age and see where you are going to be. I mean, imagine under 25 years. Maybe I'm going to be a grandmother by then. Hallelujah. Do, do you understand what we're saying? So, trust God. Everything you're asking Him for, and you're praying for, and you're believing Him for, He wants to give you. But because you're on the faith lane, He can't just give you Isaac so that you two would not look like every other, uh, you know, all the couples around the neighborhood. Abraham was just looking for Isaac for social reasons. But God said, on the faith lane, Isaac is given strategically. And until you come into the understanding of the purposes of God for Isaac, you continue to wait. And it will not look as if God is not faithful. It will not look as if God doesn't want to give you. Look, outside of the faith lane, people can get anything. Everybody around Abraham, once they give birth, bam, give them some time, they have children. And to show that it was a faith project for Abraham, and it was going to involve Abraham and Sarah. When Abraham, after 10 years of waiting, went into Hagar, Ishmael came out. So it was not because Abraham was not functional biologically. So stop looking at yourself and thinking that the reason why a guy is not asking you is that you are not beautiful. Biologically, to show us Abraham was okay. But that can never be Isaac, it will be Ishmael. Ishmael is that construct. When people are trying to force the hand of God, give them Isaac or not God's way. Ishmael is the reason why his sister, after waiting and trusting God for a partner, will suddenly become an Instagram guru. Thinking that the more pictures he can paste on Instagram, post on Instagram, the likelihood, you know, she's going to have more whatever, opportunities to get a guy. He will get a guy, but it's going to be Ishmael. And it's going to give you a lot of trouble. Because on the faith lane, once you are blessed, even your mistakes are blessed. For Ishmael. How many of you know God blessed Ishmael? And why did he bless Ishmael? He said, because it's your seed. So a blessed man is blessed all the way, including his mistakes. And look at what Ishmael is causing all of us all over the world today. Because part of the blessing of Ishmael was that he's going to be a white man. His hand will be against everybody. 
Everybody's hand will be against him, and you can see it all around. But you can't eliminate it because part of the blessing was will dwell in the midst of his brethren. That's why Midu is still the way it is. You can't, you can't stop what is going on there because God himself also blessed Ishmael because of Abraham. What's your name again? Look at how God now made the adjustment, which is the whole essence of this teaching this morning. Don't ask Abraham. Come here. Abraham came. See, I don't want to appear mean or insensitive. Because we now have a lot of young people in church who are giving up on God now. Because they are disappointed. The fact that the promise is not coming on their times and when, when they want it to come. So God now used of Abraham to tell the story that I'm not me. That I don't know that you are 29 years old. It's not that I don't know that all your friends are married. It's not that I don't know that. So in us Abraham, but this is the point. You want to father Isaac, right? Abraham said, yes, sir. Said, but there's a disconnect somewhere. And Abraham said, What is this connect, sir? He said, I have made you the father of many nations. See the problem? That means God again brought the issue of nation into it again. And he said, Abraham, if you want to father Isaac, the way to father Isaac is to first of all father nations. Did you see it again? Country, land, great nation, only for God to tell him again, not just your nation. He says, not just one. I made you the father of many nations. Pastor Peace, you know where that is now putting all of us. If we didn't have faith heritage, we have capacity to father nations. How come we cannot father our nation? What did God make Abraham? The father of how many nations? Many. That means God, God said, Abraham, your own concern is very little. Look at me. It does not matter how big you think your needs are. Once they are not situated within the broader context of the purposes of God, it is too small a need for God to meet. That means what God was trying to tell Abraham is that Isaac is too little. Let me give you something bigger than Isaac. I'm interested in what is going on in the nations. And because you are the man on the faith lane, one of the primary assignments of faith people is to be interested in what is going on in their nation. That's why I said this is the aspect of the faith message that is not emphasized often. The aspect that is emphasized that you are going to have your Isaac, believe God for Isaac, confess Isaac. But this father, I mean, look, when we talk about the father of nation, we're talking about capacity. So, one father Isaac, one son. How many sons will make up one nation? So many. And how many sons will make up many nations? So that means God is saying, this is how it is. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Every other thing will be added. 
it will not amaze you, unlike what people say, that for the next 24 years, Abraham was no longer about Isaac again. It was not about nations. Let me give you two examples. This will drive the point on. It was time for God to go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. That was the 24th year of Abraham believing God for Isaac, 24 years after. Forever you are God. I want to go and destroy a place. Do you need to leave heaven? In fact, God doesn't even need to speak it. He should just think it. And momentarily, he thinks it, and Sodom is wiped out. But look at what God did. He wanted to go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And out of all the ways to get to Sodom, God chose to pass in front of the home of Abraham. I mean, it's God. If you check the itinerary of God that morning, Michael already wrote, by 12 noon, Sodom is history. And God got to the home of Abraham. First of all, was walking as if it was not coming for Abraham. But thank God Abraham recognized that that was God. Abraham said, let me give you food. That was God that in his itinerary read, what? Sodom to be destroyed by, by noon. Abraham prepared Suya, prepared jollof rice, prepared everything. And to my great surprise, God sat down and God started eating. What was the agenda for that trip? and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. What do you see God doing now? He was eating chicken, drinking wine, chandor, cafe. Why do you think God did that? He said it himself in that story. He said, how can I do this and not tell Abraham? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great nation. Look at me, everyone. Don't miss me here. That means, as a peace, God had to honor the capacity of Abraham in that. In his capacity as a father of many nations, God had to tell himself that I cannot do anything in any nation without first of all telling Abraham. So on his way to destroy Sodom, God had to look for a way to branch in the home of Abraham, tell him, you know what, you are the father now, and I, I respect you as the father, and that is why I'm coming to your house to eat, so that over lunch we can discuss Sodom. Do you have that level of influence with God when it comes to Nigeria? And when something wants to happen in this nation, God must first of all consult with you. That means the consultation of God with people of faith on national issues is of immense importance to God. That, that's our first level. Look at the second level. God also said in our capacity or in my capacity as God there is something I cannot do. And what is that? If I, if I want to destroy a nation or whatever I want to do in it, 
I must have somebody somewhere on that with stature who can, who can intercede. That means God began to make Abraham to understand my intention for any nation is not final for as long as people can intercede. Intercessors can bend my intentions, even if they cannot break it. So that means it does not matter the intentions of God. God has, God has also made covenant allowance for some of those things to be bent, even if they cannot break as people intercede. And you know Abraham got that divine intelligence, and Abraham started. The moment God said it was time for Sodom, Abraham said, God, there's something I know about you. If you can find 50 righteous people there, will you still destroy the land? And God said, for 50 years, right. That was God that wanted to. And he was still willing to spare. Abraham went 40, 30, 20, and eventually 10. Look at me, everyone. Abraham just gave us a formula there. That one way to change the mind of God on any matter is to throw up your righteous capital. Righteousness is so important to God that for 10 righteous people, God was willing to spare Sodom. So therefore, God destroyed Sodom not because of what was happening in Sodom, not because of what he found in Sodom. God destroyed Sodom because of what he could not find in Sodom. Do you hear me? What did God find in Sodom? Immorality, violence, sexual perversion. But what was God looking for in Sodom that he did not find? Ten righteous people. Why did God destroy Sodom? Because they were immoral? No. It was because he could not find what he was looking for. To stand in the gap, to bend his will concerning Sodom. Praise God. That is why, as young people, I'm very happy to talk to young people this you have to accept responsibility to intercede for this nation and give up on Nigeria. You could see part of our policy of faith is that the man of faith is also an intercessor. And this time, Abraham was not praying for his own private needs. He was negotiating the destiny of a nation with God. And you see God willing to listen. You see God conceding. So that means that day God found 10 righteous people there in Sodom. The narrative will be different. And if that is one principle Abraham opened up to us, Pastor Mark, you want to tell me that we don't have at least let's even at least one million righteous people in this country. And if we have one million righteous people in this country, that is the reason why I am persuaded on that God that Nigeria cannot go down the drain. Because for the sake of those people, God will not allow certain things to happen. But it's not just about the presence of such people. If there is no one among such people like Abraham, who stand in the gap, 
Because was it that God did not know? How come it was not Abraham reminding God? Suppose it. That means God is saying, why I'm visiting your house is not just to eat. I need you to talk to me. But you know, for many of us, because we don't understand this dimension, when God visits, the first thing we want to discuss with God is Isaac. Do you know in that conversation, Abraham never mentioned Isaac. Can you be a good host when it comes to God and to the resources of God without putting your own private needs? So that means God was looking at Abraham. God was like, okay, if I visit you, what manner of conversation are we going to be having? It was not God himself. Who now said, it was God himself. Are you meeting? Who now said, where is Sarah, your wife? Abraham said, she's in the tent. God now said, I'm going to return. At this time, next year, according to the time of life, so I will embrace the song. What do you think was playing out there? God is saying, once you begin to understand my nation building imperative, you don't need to ask me for Isaac. I will fix Isaac for you. Because the lesser is included in the greater. Because in this same bread, God now made, for the first time in 24 years, attached the time element to Isaac. In 24 years, all that God kept on saying was, I will give you. But never said to him when exactly. But when Abraham started getting interested in what was going on in the nation, God said, For you, for me to visit you, and your intercession is nation. You are interested in the destiny of souls in Sodom. Next year, Isaac will come. That is what I call. Kingdomization of our needs. That means everything you want God to do for you this season, kingdomize it. And now to kingdomize it, I don't seek it again. Start seeking God and His righteousness. Those things will be added. That is a proof in the story of Abraham how God, without you seeking those things in His own way, because we are now seeking the bigger. God has a way of just supplying the lesser. Because the lesser is included in the greater. Are you there? Somebody say amen. amen. Come on, say amen. amen. It's all right. Are you getting this? What I'm interested in is that prayer Abraham prayed. Do you know the meaning of that prayer? We want to look at that prayer. Because that's the kind of prayer we should be praying. What is the meaning of that prayer? Abraham says, supposing you find 50 righteous people there, will you destroy them? God said, no. So, so I call the righteousness capital, right? Or righteous capital. What is really the meaning of that prayer in the real sense of the word? Brother, what is the, the real meaning? The real meaning is that you must use your righteous capital to negotiate the destiny of this nation with God. And I'll break down that prayer. Let's say God gave Victoria an assignment. Gave it to you two years ago, two years after. Not done anything. What was it that Abraham was praying there? I want, I want to operationalize that prayer for us. Abraham was saying, God, 
If you can just allow this wanton destruction of life and lives and properties in life. Let's say we are still at that time when everything was still hot and looting was going on. You have to stop this, oh God. And the Lord said, why do I need to stop it? So that that assignment you gave to me two years ago, I can carry it out. Then God is listening. What are you saying? You are telling God for the sake of righteous people. The problem is that when many of us are praying to God, you are not showing him why he should spare Nigeria. You are praying religiously, oh God, save our country. But you have not told God privately why God must save this country. And I'm giving us clues. Now, Pastor, that means a father now. God gave you a daughter. And you know, God must have given me a lot of prophetic words of that daughter. Want your daughter to grow up in this kind of society. So you can also say for the sake of my daughter what you have said. That means what you are giving God are righteous reasons why he has to stay action. I'm also teaching us how to pray the prayer of faith at the level of negotiation. You are saying God, if this thing should die down next week and start in the assignment. God said, I'm listening now. I'm listening now. Because I, I don't just want to grant you an extension. You must give me a reason why I have to do it. And that reason must be so compelling that I have to make a U-turn. So for 10 righteous people, God was willing to make a U-turn. Unfortunately, he couldn't find those things. Same way. Oh no, guys. You see, that was the same thing. Anna had to get into it. It's the same principle. Oh, I need a child. I need a child. Look at my, my, my whatever adversary, Penina. She's abusing me. Me too, I need to have a child. And God said no. But the moment she said, God, if you give me a child, I'll give it back to you. God was looking for somebody that's going to open the prophetic womb of a generation. He needed a someone. But the moment she said, God said, you ready to give it to me? And you can have it. I'm pronto. Before you can say Jack Robinson. Samuel K. The problem with the marriage you are believing God for is that God cannot say righteousness in it. Because righteousness is that factor in that your proposed marriage that exalts our nation. If there's no factor there that will lead to the exaltation of this nation, you are asking God for the wrong thing. But if you tell God that if I marry God, this is going to be a modern marriage that's going to add value to the kingdom. God says, I'm, well, but if you say you just want to marry because you are 27, God is saying, you are speaking Hebrew and Greek. I want to start a business. The Lord is saying, I'm just trying to explain to us the prayer Abraham prayed. Where is the righteous factor in that business? If you say, God, I want to start a business so that I can make sure that all the young people in my neighborhood are gainfully employed. That means there's a nation-building imperative. There's a nation-sparing exhortation of the nation agenda in whatever you are believing God for. If you can scale your needs to that level, God listens. In fact, it will, it will, you will get the answer automatically. From Abraham, you can see that level of automation will always be the case when people situate their need within the broader context of the need of God 
for the nation. You just want to marry because you are 27 and your biology clock is king. Or you want to marry so that your marriage can be an epicenter of kingdom activity. You tell God, say, once we marry, we're going to house five girls like Abraham. We're going to train them in our own house. Take them from the street. Give it one month. Your husband will show up. You just say, guys, say, okay. You are the woman. I say, you are the man. How many of you understand what I'm trying to say? That is why it's looking as if it's long. That's what Jesus says, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness. So Abraham sought the righteousness. He said, go for 50 righteous people. Or somebody like Pastor Dami comes up and says, God, PowerPoint is just beginning for the sake of PowerPoint. Are you a student? You are not ready for marriage. How many of us are ready for marriage yet? You are not married, but you are ready for marriage. Victoria, you are not raising your hand. You are not ready for marriage. You are not ready. Not yet. You are not interested. What is it? You are not sure. Ah, I will make you sure. No. <laughs> when a lady says, She's not sure. What is the meaning of that? Family, please help me. <laughs> you are not sure. Okay, how many of us are sure? At least you, are, you, you know you are in that season. You are waiting. You do. You are a geologist. Oh, you look young. You have a baby face. What school did you attend? Oh, when did you graduate? Oh, wow. Where do you work? Okay. So, Toro is also in that mode. He's ready for marriage. You begin to tell God. Just like Abraham was doing there. Seek force. That means kingdomize that need. Kingdomize that desire. And how do we kingdomize desires? Look for a righteous cause. I mean, look, factor into it a, a righteous cause. And now look at it and say, God, for the sake of what this marriage is about to bring forth on the earth, let it happen. I want to marry. Oh, and the Lord is looking at you and say, These people will think I'm not faithful. But if you are the seed of Abraham, do the works of Abraham now. Negotiate on the faith lane. Bring forth your strong reasons. And see whether if you begin to talk to me at that level, I won't listen. It's good to want to marry, but where is his righteousness in that marriage? It's good to want to start a business. Where is his righteousness? That means I'm, I'm beginning to now think of my need within the broader context of this nation. How does this marriage add to this nation not going down the drain? It can even be as simple as, Lord, we're going to raise solid children for you. 
We're going to make sure that our marriage is such an enterprise where godly seed will be trained for you. And that's what you are telling God. That means you are throwing up the righteous capital. And God is saying, I'm only interested in one thing, righteousness. Righteousness is a force. It's so compelling that God will have to listen. You look at that conversation. God was ready to go, and Abraham was kept on saying, Supposing, and God is saying, Look at the post. I was ready to go. Abraham said, Let's say this is the boundary of Sodom. God was already. Abraham said, Supposing you find future, and God turned by saying, Yeah, for future righteous people. Are they there? He said, No, okay. And Abraham said, Excuse me, excuse me, for 40. God said, 40 until they got to 10. Why do you think righteousness is so compelling? That Abraham understood that secret of God and just threw it up. And it was now in that same thing. God now said, I'll come again next year. And I'll supply what you did not ask for in this meeting. Our meetings with God is not about our private needs. That's what our story is telling us. Our meetings with God is to fix the nation. But every Sunday morning, every time we gather, we have an opportunity, either privately or publicly, to be before God. It's our needs. It's about our needs. Our needs. People attend meetings for their needs, breakthrough, marriage seminar. The reason why I remember a single summit. Yeah, let's mingle, let's mingle. You can't marry and be in your own world. Who said? With all the Facebook people have joined and Instagram, how many people married? are not competing, posting pictures. And then of it all. So let's wrap it up. Did, did you get this is very important. The same thing if you are seeking a job. You are saying, God, I need a job. And the Lord is saying, show me righteousness. You say, Lord, if you give me a job in Shell or Chevron, wherever I want to walk, Every Saturday, I'm going to be feeding the hungry on my street. Uh, we are talking. So at times, when God is looking at us, it was like, why are my people so small-minded that they think of themselves only and their nation is going down the door? Scale your needs a little. So that they are in conformity with the purposes of God that is bigger than you. So, therefore, we are saying what you are asking God for is too small. We are asking God for what is too small. It's even embarrassing. Now all you are just asking God, God, we're talking about God. I want to marry. And God is like, really? If you marry and your nation is boiling, where will you leave the marriage? Imagine. In fact, some people will have fixed their wedding for doing that unrest. Could everybody move? Or, or you don't know some people fix their wedding for that Saturday. The Saturday before the Black Tuesday, even the South people I was at redemption camp having a retreat. The Lord told me to go and start praying for the nation. So I left on Monday. Went to the camp. 
locked myself in and started praying, started praying. And that thing happened Tuesday night. So I knew it was going to happen. Because that was why. And guess what? I was there. I could not come back to Lagos on the Sunday morning. I kept on praying for my family. I kept on praying for everybody. It now dawned on me. Now while I'm in the camp, now one of you have invaded our place. God forbid. That, that's, that not shows you that if you have a good marriage and there's no good nation, you still failed. Just imagine you are trying to have your own moon. That is when you would love strike. That's why God is saying you are asking for the wrong thing. In Psalm 2, he said, I will give you nations as your inheritance. Marriage is not your inheritance. Except that marriage will contribute a righteous factor to nation building. Then it's an inheritance. But if it's just that I want to be like everybody. I want to marry and have kids. Ah. In what nation? It's just like they, 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 one of our senior pastor friends, when the road in Lagos was very bad on his 60th birthday, the president sent Rose Royce to him. Saw Rose Royce ghost. And when they brought it, they looked at it. I take it back to Mr. President and tell him that I don't want. Then where is the road? I'm going to drive this. Did you see the road to my house? God forbid. Just marry and you have your honeymoon at your rental hotel. <laughs> and that's where. <laughs> and you, you and your man and just go there about to. And suddenly you get boom, 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 boom. I say, I told you you are looking for the wrong thing. <laughs> How many of us know that could have that? See, what I'm describing now that we're laughing happened literally to some people. I knew wedding fix for that Saturday that they have. In fact, now they postponed it. In fact, the father in law said it's a sign <laughs> that that is not the person you are supposed to marry. <laughs> so now they are fighting to beg to beg father of the bride. Now, well, father of the bride is a CAC myself. Mm -mm. He said, why was it the day we chose? He said, it's a sign. So he has told the guy, he said, you are not the husband of my daughter. He said, even me, I've been looking at you. He said, but this is a sign. <laughs> we are begging the man now that, oh God. He said, no, it's a sign. Out of all the day in this world, why is the one we chose? That's when there's lockdown, coffee, and people are born. And guess what? We are going to do on the moon at our rental hotel. You see why God is interested. So, so for the first time, I'm presenting to us that all about the blessing of Abraham is a great nation. Every other thing about confessing, believing, walking in love, all those things that we emphasize, they are to generate spiritual capital for us so we can translate the spiritual capital into nation into changing society we don't just save souls we save society are you a seed of Abraham? are we describing Abraham here? and Jesus told us if you are the seed of Abraham do the works of Abraham 
Seed of Abraham doesn't mean I wake up and say, Abraham, bless his man. I'm a seed of Abraham. It's work. Let's look at the other one I will close. Because this second one is, is where the rubber is to run. Lot was captured. You know the story. Abraham rescued Lot. How? Because if I don't show you this other part, you might think your responsibility is just to pray. But your greater responsibility or other responsibility is to join the fight. Poor people misunderstand me that we are training militants here. I'm not talking about physical fight. The weapons of our warfare are not canals. But that battery brown forth is an example. That's Genesis 14, right? Guess what? Pastor Daniel. What what has what has the man of faith got to do? The fighting kings. understand the militant nature of our faith. We don't understand the full responsibility. Lord was captured. God did not come down from heaven to go and rescue Lord. God did not even tell Abraham to go and Somebody came out of that battle and told Abraham, Lord, has been captured. What did Abraham do? He mobilized 318 servants, born and raised in his own house. Look at me. In Abraham's capacity, Ever before Isaac came, Abraham already trained 318 sons of other people. Those would have been the hoodlums in Abraham's days who born and loot the shop right of Abraham's time. Abraham alone, give him some credit, took 318 young people out of the street. Channel their energy into spiritual training and use them to teach five things. You will see why God is saying you can't have Isaac now. Because imagine Abraham had Isaac at that time, the attention would be on Isaac. These five kings will come and kill Isaac. Maybe instead of capturing Lord, it's Isaac they will have captured. Delaying God is strategic. You have to optimize and maximize the opportunities or kingdomize. Because technically there are no delays in God. So if God is not giving it to you at the time you want it, it's because you don't have the capacity for it at the level at which God is looking at it. You have the capacity for it at your own level or not at God's level. Do you know what it means? Let's first of all look at look at the economy of since we married a bit. I now sixteenth year. From the first day we moved to our house, we've always had people living with. Even when all that we had was. Nothing in the sitting room. 
Patrice in the Roman Catholic and the kitchen, no tea. They don't have any of those things when we started. For, for over a year. We only had gas in the kitchen, the mattress in the room. People will still come and greet us and they will sit on the floor. Because there was no extra mattress. Eventually bought an extra mattress. From the time that extra mattress was bought, society. You know why? It's a kingdom thing. How did he feed them? I am a woman and you love cooking. You an excellent cook. I mean, what effort does it you put in place to, to feed 318? I know these people are going to military training. Imagine at the level they will be. Because they eat it, they burn it immediately. They want more. Now, this is the deal. What private arrangement do you have under the radar? That when the opportunity comes to serve this nation, you can mobilize. Because Abraham started training these people when there was no battle. So, write it down. For every young man on the faith who is going to optimize the opportunity and maximize this space, you must train. I cannot tell you the kind of training you need to get this season. And if Abraham, Itoro, trained 318, that means at some point Abraham himself had to acquire military training. Because you can't give what you don't have. Abraham himself had to become some kind of warlord. That means one money, the Holy Spirit, not Abraham. Abraham, the system where you are operating now, this environment, is not an environment of warfare where kings are fighting themselves. If you want to survive in this terrain, you must join the fight. But don't join the fight by them provoking you. Opportunity will come. And the opportunity that will signal the imperative that you need to join this battle is once Lord is captured. So if you read in between, Abraham was waiting for that day. And that's why the moment somebody came and told Abraham, daughter has been captured, he mobilized. If you check your laptop, if you check your file, what are those things that you are preparing? That you are like, God, if an opportunity should come to do something in this nation, this is a blueprint I already have. You know, we don't do that. We like emergency approach. Who look at all these beautiful video camera people that we have? Do you have opportunity that if the governor should call you now and say we want to do youth empowerment at the level of you know media? Do you have a blueprint to give to the governor himself? Because that's what Joseph did. Pharaohs don't have time. You have to give them immediate solution. And once it makes sense, they rubber stamp it immediately. Look at all these uh, media guys. Do you have blueprints that can take 1,000 young people off the street? So Abraham took 318 off the street. And, and those numbers might estimate some of us. 
But look at all of us now. If all of us can just go after two people, three people, even one person, and you are like, I'm going to see the way that this person doesn't miss out when it comes to destiny. And we have them all around. If you have taken care of those people, the answers protest never be like Jack. Because there will be no who do not speak. And I'm actually happy at the people who are in such a case. He said that there will be no complaining of breaking in our street. But look at our street now. People are breaking in. And, and David had to say, happy are the people who are in such a case. That on your street there is no complaining. But look at all our street there is complaining. Look at all our street there is breaking in. We are not all happy. Oh, you can't wait for government. Look at what Abraham said in private. So open up your private life to God. This is the time life is no longer private. Look at all this private faith we are practicing that does not touch the environment, doesn't touch the needy around us. Look at where it has landed on. But for the mercy of God, we will not be here today. Thank God they did not burn church. And that, what of it they started burning church? Because after they burn all the offices, where, where do you think they are coming from now? All our cathedrals and they throw fire and that's So those that could have done that, Abraham took them out and said, really. So there are two levels of training, like I said, the one you need to acquire. This season, going to do masters cannot just be because you want to get a new job. There must be a kingdom reason for it. So by the time you see Abraham himself going to military school, that means Abraham is saying, all these young men landing all around me. Let me give them something to live. And what I can train them in the context. Training must be contextual. Don't Abraham go for military why didn't he go into agriculture? Because all around him were wars. Kings were fighting. So if you are going to survive the environment, you must be able to fight. Imagine Abraham, after Lot was captured, and I said, I'm the man of faith. Reko, Bobo, release Lot now. You just hear, this is the end of Solomon Grant. Abraham went there. That is the principle of faith. That means faith must be backed up by serious action. By the time Abraham was coming, I'm sure they advised him. He was coming with 318 people leading them. But by the time the battle was over, Abraham slaughtered five kings. Abraham won the battle. That means on the faith day, nothing stands on nothing. Part of giving God a righteous factor is also to give God a righteous preparation. What you have done so far. Look at it. What have you done so far? So that means God is not super spiritual. God is supernatural. There must be something you are doing naturally that God puts a super on top of it. But many of us are looking for a super spiritual God. Now all that we do is spiritual and he will still put super on it. God doesn't put super on spiritual. God puts supernatural. That means your faith must compel you to start doing some things in the natural. 
That by the time you now mobilize the forces, God will now take that which is natural and just put super on it. Because on a good day, I don't think those 318 guys will have defeated five kings with all their own soldiers. Let's say each of those kings, each of them, each of the kings, um, kings have 500 five of them. 1,500. I can't say on 18 people to get to 1,500. But that's God for you. Look at Randall. So that means I've lived in a local area. It begins by first of all thinking, what can we do here? Make it different. Who can we engage? Write this down. The time has come for every believer to have a social mission, to have a social enterprise. Social entrepreneurship is the name of the game now. You must create social value and solve social problems using your spiritual capital. If we are not doing that, we are just deceiving ourselves. We must bring forth social capital, create social value, solve social problems using our spiritual capital. That means on the outside, people will think we are doing something social. But on the inside of us, we know this is a gospel. This is a kingdom. This is ministry. Some ladies here should go after prostitutes. Be interested in those teenage pregnancies. Work with them. You see, until we begin to do that, we will just be like, like, doing this facade of prosperity, the midst of, of what is called the signs of poverty all around us. We just saw an after instance project what is called the rage of the poor. This is another strategic thing Abraham did for foundation. It's called rescue mission. Lot must be rescued. And the rescue of any lot in any society is on the Abrahams of that society. Write it down. You are the Abraham. You are the reason why Lot is crying. Aso Rock will never rescue Lord. It is Abraham that will rescue Lord. And Aso Rock will not provide the means through which Abraham will do that. Abraham will have to mobilize his own private equity. This is the time to deliberately use our money, our resources, to fund social mission. Hallelujah. Look at how the Bible describes Lot. Is there any study for me, Peter? Can, can you, does anyone describe him as that righteous man that, that is vexing his righteous soul? Can you check vexing his righteous soul? I think it's in first Peter. As somebody Google, okay, that's true. I want to show you Lord. Then we'll begin to wrap it up and close. 
And for those of you who are still in school, eh? give it to us. I'm going to be Like, what's your name? Tinoade, like Tinoade now. So I even bless for it because you guys are still young. So we can start early. There, there, there is no believer wherever you find yourself where God is not being happy. Look at how he described it. Pretty from everyone. And deliver what? Who? You see the word righteousness again. Lot was righteous and yet he was a victim of the system. All of those people were calling victims and whatever. Them are righteous. They are just victims. And the only reason why some of us are not on that side was because someone in the world of God is caring parent. Better than many of those. They're just victims. Who was oppressed? Look at it. By the filthy conversation of the wicked. Move on. Timing love for us. Now read it again here. This is the vivid description of Lord. One to go. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing. So he's a victim of his system. It's being tormented every day. That is why it's looting shop right. Old King James Bible says it's vexing his righteous soul. So people they vex. So you see the image of law. This is law. So whenever you go around and you see all those, you are seeing modern day lords who are just victims of, of, of a system. And God is saying, Abraham, so what are you going to do about it? Abraham mobilized, rescued those. The, the, the rescuing of this nation is in the spirit of faith. So therefore, this is a problem. Over the years, we have emphasized faith work. Over the years, we've not been emphasized faith projects. Your other side of your faith dimension is a faith project. That means rescue Lot was a faith project for Abraham. Interceding for Sodom was a faith project for Abraham. Look at you as you are doing your faith work. Please carry with it your faith project. There's a project God has assigned to you on the faith lane. Victoria, your faith project is to always minister material. Every month, always send something aside and send to your pastor. That's, that's a faith. There must be something. And at this time, was he waiting for his You don't have a son, or you are training the sons of others. Because you are seeking a future for your son. This is the father of nation at war. And that's why God said, that's what I have made you. 
And it is until you conform to that image, Isaac will come. So about Isaac, it's about what I have made you. I know the people about this story as we wrap it up as is that he was in this way, in this life. And God now said, Abraham, I'm a rewarder. Because you have done this, I will reward you in a way. No other human being will be rewarded on this side of the planet. I will make sure you are the first person and the last person to make it better. Was as Abraham was returning from this rescue of God, Mechizedek showed up. You want divine appearances? Get into rescue mission. Build a social enterprise to rescue an aspect of the society. And you don't have to start with a crowd. Start with one person. Just say, this girl that I see on my street, now my faith project. You will not go down the drain. Your destiny will be secure. And it's not about money. Who did Abraham? What, what was the purpose of Abraham rescuing? To go and rescue Lord. Who came back with prosperity? Abraham. Because everyone that stood in his way to rescue Lord, killed all of them. God resources. And Mechanic showed up. And this is where I wrap it up. I said, Abraham, from now you are blessed. You are now the possessor of heaven and earth. That's where God is taking you and I. That God is now saying to Abraham, anything you need in heaven is yours. Anything you need on earth is yours. Because anybody that does what you are doing can possess heaven and earth. The possessor, blessed be Abraham, Hebrews 7 said, who blessed Abraham? Returning from South Africa. Look at it. Literally, that story was to rescue Lord. But spiritually, that story was to slaughter kings. For everyone you are rescuing, you are also killing principalities and powers in society. It's called warfare by other means. You are dealing with the slaughtering kings. And Mexico said, Abraham, as a sign that heaven is now with you, I give you bread and wine. He was the first to give Abraham. As I mean, this is why I don't have problem with those who have problem with Titan. I think somehow they are right. And I'll tell you why I think they are right. They are right negative in the sense that maybe they've not gotten to that point where they need to die. Because the first title I was given was given by a man who got involved with rescue mission and he was a very powerful one. He was given by a man who conquered a sector. Maybe because people have not conquered a sector in God, they have problems. Because the mindset of Titan is not something you give from your salary. It's something you give after slaughtering kings. That is once you conquer an aspect of the society. It's a way of saying thank you, Lord. But since you have been conquered, or you are working for those who have conquered, you yourself have not conquered. So, most of the tithes most people are paying are tertiary tithes. But somebody primarily conquered the banking sector, 
employed you. That employer of that person, I employed you. So in, in the world of access back now, who is Titan? I just do this one. I just showed us parts of Abraham's that we often overdo. That's why we have this kind of nation. Let's go back. So, what is my rescue mission? Who am I sent to rescue? What do I need to do to effect that rescue? What kind of training do I need to get into now to prepare for that mission? And what will signal the imperative around me that it's time to go rest? And how do I meet Mechizedek and walk with Mechizedek? Because Mechizedek now stands for one thing, my final comment. That's why Christ had to come as a priest after the other. You can't just be a priest without being a king. You're a king and a priest at the same time. That means you must read it right now. Give executive expression to your spiritual endowment. Physically, you sit on the throne. You're a lawyer. Give executive expression to your spiritual endowment. Physically, you sit as an IT person, as a lawyer. So you're a king. But spiritually, you're a priest. People might not see that priesthood. They might see the kingship. Or when they come closer, they will now see that you are the priest of the Most High God. And the Most High factor is that there's something higher than this. So when Abraham got to that point, Bekhtar had to say, you have got to the highest factor. So we now need to commend you to the Most High God. Because what you are now doing now is the highest factor of our faith, to rescue others. If all of us in this room can practicalize and optimize this message, Nigeria is on its path to greatness. Would you rise up this morning? I want us to pray for two minutes in the spirit. Can we all pray in the spirit? Rodobo, Escapranama, Eabascapro, Amrekete, Socratu, Yakrete Baskinaba, Redaba Sudo Prenama, Ola Pranaba, Shepredemo, Esapranaba Sudobo, Mala Presidemos in a Pushteva. Oh, Father, thank you. Connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at Powerpoint Tribe.